As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Welcome to 5000 to 1, the Athletics Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me as ever is Matt Elliott, former Leicester City captain legend and my co-host. How are you doing, Matt? Yeah, I'm very good, Rob. Thank you very much. Uh, been a busy time of late and a busy time ahead, isn't it? And plenty for us to get our teeth into, that's for sure. Absolutely. I mean, the games are coming thick and fast, as we always say. This season, it's the crazy season in terms of the scheduling. I mean, they're about to embark on uh, a gruelling month of February, but we'll get to that a little bit later when we assess how Leicester City have been getting on, how the squad is shaping up. And uh, we'll discuss a few of the uh, the characters that are coming to the fore as well. So let's kick it off uh, with Everton, the most recent uh, game. A strange one, really, Matt. I, I didn't know what to make of it at the end of it, really. I mean, I just sat and watched what seemed like to me one of those training sessions where attack versus defence. And Everton mm-hmm. were very stoic in the way they defended, and you've got to give them some credit. But the way Leicester dominated the game... And it felt like a point gain going away from home and the fact that they came from behind yet again. 13 times this season they've conceded the first goal, uh, which is a remarkable stat considering where they are in the table. But at the end, though, you felt like that was an opportunity missed to get a victory the way they dominated the game. Yeah, I think uh, all said and done, you look at it and you think, listen, not a bad point against a team that was sixth in, in the league before kickoff. Uh, and what was it? Six points behind with two games in hand. So it would have been nice to sort of extend that gap between them to nine points, wouldn't it? And you know, just keep them at bay for a little while. But Everton are you know, a decent outfit these days. They showed that at the King Power, not particularly pretty on the eye, despite having some high quality individuals. But the way they're set up, you know, they they play sort of from a a base, don't they? A platform defensively uh, and less of a structure than Leicester going forward. It, it's sort of a little bit direct and basic, maybe uh, a little bit off the cuff, isn't it? Relying on individuals or crosses into the box or set pieces. But yeah, Leicester have got more sort of panache and style about their play, haven't they? Without a doubt. And I think it's, it's a little bit of a tip of the hat to Leicester, really a little bit, you know, the way that Everton set up, they probably do against other teams as well, but particularly against them. You know, they're at home. Okay, the fans aren't there, and there's a bit slightly different emphasis. But you know, to to be solid first and foremost, 
It shows that they were concerned about what Leicester could do to them, possibly. And they very nearly did early on, didn't they? They started off amazingly well, Harvey Barnes in particular, and then sort of not ran out of ideas, but the game levelled itself off a bit, didn't they? And But to, to come back against a team like Everton, who set up like they do, Hammers Rodriguez you know, just pulled one out of nowhere, pretty much. You know, it shows the, the respect with which they were held in. Plenty more positives than negatives for me. Although, toothless would be too strong uh, a, a, a description. But I think, yeah, a little bit short on the cutting edge stakes in, in the danger zone, really. But, uh, you know, obviously Vardy missing, that's an issue. But Leicester's general play, I thought, was of a very good level. Well, let's get straight onto that um, idea about their attack and where they're lacking at the moment. Jamie Vardy out. We think he's going to be out for another couple of games. Anyway, he's had the operation. He's on the men. Could be back out on the grass by uh, and training by next week. Won't have lost too much um, fitness during his uh, little yeah. spell out with the, after this hernia operation. But in the meantime, we've seen Perez uh, as a false nine and the emphasis more placed on Harvey Barnes and wide players to break forward and get forward. Now, I thought it worked really well in the FA Cup. And this brings us as well to the, the victory at Brentford in the FA Cup at the weekend as well. I thought that, that you know, goals starting to come from all over the, the pitch in terms of Tielemans has scored a few now, uh, Madison and Barnes in particular have stepped up. But how do you feel Leicester are coping with Jamie Vardy? Yeah, I think uh, reasonably well up to now. And I think I think that will continue to be the case because, as you say, there are other avenues of of goal threat these days. And um, you know, probably more so than there has been in the past with those players in particular that you mentioned. But I suppose at the same time, you still really... Uh, Perez is he's a very clever, intelligent player and he worked hard against Everton. Not to much effect, in truth, but uh, you know, it, it was a little bit lightweight, I think, up against Mina and Keane, who were you know, two big, solid centre-halves. And uh, it had to be a little bit cute and it didn't really get much change out of them. Yeah, even against Brentford, he, he, was, he, he was getting on the ball quite a bit in deeper areas, but he, he's got to remember that yeah, he is the number nine. I know. I know he's a he's not an out and out striker who's going to run in behind regularly and stretch defences, but perhaps could do that. You know, when Leicester are more squeezed up the pitch, uh, try and be a little bit more penetrative with his runs, a little bit more robust as well, maybe. But you know, that's maybe something that Brendan Rodgers can try and advise him on. Uh, he still has the option of collecting Ian Acho. He hasn't ruled Ian Acho out of the equation, has he? And may even consider playing the two of them up top at some stage. But uh, I think while Leicester have got that that rhythm in the, the system that they're playing, I think he'd like to sort of adhere to that as best he can, Brendan Rodgers. But, yeah, Perez, he's, he doesn't really convince, if I'm honest. Hopefully Vardy is not out for too long a duration, as you say. And I think if, if it's only a couple of games, I think Leicester can manage their way through that. But uh, there's, there's also a, a, a point of question, I suppose, or a point of debate in terms of Cengiz Under as well to come in mm. because Albrighton, who does a wonderful job, and I'm not advocating he should be replaced, but there's something there to consider in terms of Under, who's perhaps that little bit more of a goal threat. Um, you know, it could well be introduced from the start, possibly at the weekend, um, if Perez you know, is going to continue up front and Leicester are missing Vardy, then maybe you can 
fill that gap in, that void that's left a little bit by the attacking play of Under against Leeds at the weekend. Well, I'm glad you brought up under because I've uh, written a piece that's now on the Athletic website uh, looking at the situation with Sengers under. Because if there's one player that Leicester fans keep telling me that you want to see more of, whether it's on our Q&As or on social media, it's Sengers under. And they haven't seen a lot of him. They've seen, we've seen a fair bit of him in the Europa League, which is his natural environment, I should imagine, continental football coming from uh, Turkey and, and via Roma to, to Leicester City on loan. Um, but we haven't seen a lot of him in domestic football and... I think some fans don't realise that he's had a few niggles, uh, niggling injuries, a hamstring and, a, and an ankle injury, which have um, sort of curtailed uh, his progress at the club whilst he's on loan at the moment. And that's a real shame because the, what they're trying to do is build him up physically to the phys- physical demands of playing in England. And certainly this season when you've got games coming left, right and, uh, and centre. And uh, every time he, he looks like he's about to get there, there's a little niggle and it sets him back a little bit. But what we talk about Mark Brighton, but what Mark has got is that fantastic industry uh, down the flank. He can get back and, and track back and cover his full back as well as bomb forward. It's fantastic yeah. energy. And uh, that is what they're trying to get from Chengiz. And at this moment, the situation with the loan deal is, it's a, a loan with a view to a permanent, but there's no stipulations on that. So it's not like Leicester City are tied in to having to buy Chengiz uh, under for what is uh, reported to be 24 million euros in the summer. And with the finances and the pandemic having such an impact on the game, and Leicester City are not immune to that, they, they are going to have to be a little bit more shrewder about how they spend. So this is a really important four months now for, for Chengiz. I think we're going to see more of him, but let's see, are not obliged to buy him at any stage. There's uh, there's none of these appearance triggers that's, um, that will make the, the eventual permanent deal uh, possible. So big, big time for Chengiz. We've got to see a bit more of him, haven't we now? I think you will do. I think with the flurry of games coming up, it's inevitable. And he seemingly, he's... He's at his fittest that he's been since he's been at Leicester. I think when he first came, to me it was quite clear he didn't look match fit, not not in comparison to the rest of the squad. Um, you could visibly see the change in his body shape over a couple of weeks. You know, he looked leaner, he looked sharper all of a sudden. And you, you could see the, the reasons that he'd been brought to the club. Um, different sort of player, as you say, to Mark Albrighton. You know, it's about balance, isn't it, throughout the team. Brennan looks for that. Mark Albrighton, the majority of the time, you know, is a huge, hugely complimentary to you know, the, the team as a whole, isn't he? Wonderful player that he is. is not a goal threat too often, although he had a, he had a shot or two. I think in under, he's shown flashes without a doubt. You know, he's got a wicked left foot at times, slightly erratic with it, but when he gets it right, you know, we've seen the ferocity of his of, of his strikes. You know, against. Brentford, some will say rel- relatively simple goal, but he finished it with no problem at all, did he? You know, he whipped it into the back of the net. Um, should have scored a second, actually, when there was yeah. some wonderful play between Tillemans and Ricardo later on after his first goal. But, um, you know, and he's had a couple of strikes that have hit the bar. He flashed one in the Europa League, didn't he? I think also he's trying to apply himself as best he can. I think it's, it's maybe like slightly alien to him from his natural game. Um, you know, when he's come from his home country, he's perhaps been able to get away with certain bits, but not under Brendan Rodgers. And and he does work hard. There, there have been numerous times I've seen a physical edge to him. He's tracking back. Uh, you know, he's closing down defenders. Sometimes not always 
at the right time or in the right manner. But you, you couldn't fault his enthusiasm. You know, he's trying to apply himself and he is learning uh, the, his role within the team. And I think that probably as a result, Brendan will have more and more confidence in him. And with these, like I say, the, the deluge of fixtures coming up, he's going to he's gonna be involved more and more without a doubt. And it is, it's testing time. I'm interested to see how it all pans out, isn't it? Whether Leicester, you know, go ahead and take the plunge or do they look for someone uh, perhaps who's not more pedigree, but they've got more confidence in maybe you know, a ready-made player who's going to produce at Champions League level uh, is under the man for that. I think, I think the, not the jury's out, but it's in the balance at the moment. He's got some work to do, hasn't he? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I love the fact that his, his instinct is always to, to go inside and try and have a shot yeah. on goal. I mean, you know, we always say you, you can't win a lot if you don't buy a ticket. And he's prepared to yeah. buy a lot of tickets. Uh, sometimes it's, he's, he should be, you know, he's got to make that decision, that right decision in the final third. But um, you're not going to score unless you, you have a, you're prepared to have a go and be brave. Also, Rob, he does give you that pace that is not there when Jamie Vardy's not about because... I mean, they talk about the, you know, the pace of Leicester's team and the way they, the speed of their counter-attacks. But say against Everton, for instance, the only man out of the, you know, the front six really with pace was Barnes. Um, yeah. And so it, it does give a sort of different dimension if if Unders there with those, you know, those searing runs he makes in between full back and centre half, the likes of Tillemans can find him on the diagonal, etc. You know, so there's. Yeah, he brings an extra dimension to Leicester's play. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Well, they certainly have lots of dimensions to the squad. As I said, uh, there was eight changes for the game at Brentford. They were getting loads of the players that we've been missing through injury. Important players like Ricardo Pereira and Charles Sunsu back. Um, we we start to see them. It's a, it's a really important time to be getting these players back. Um, I think it's nine games now coming up in the next four weeks. The games are coming thick and fast, and it's a good job really that we've got football to entertain us during uh, yet another lockdown. And on that point, you know, I'm sure there's readers and listeners um, getting bored. They've gone through everything that's on Netflix. They've read everything there is possibly on the Athletic website. Um, but we're coming to their rescue with the help of our friends at Prostate Cancer UK. We will be putting on 31 football quizzes across February and March to find out our most knowledgeable subscriber. And of course, to raise money for a very important cause, Prostate Cancer UK help fund life-saving research and provide valuable support and information for men and their partners affected or worried about prostate cancer. We'll be encouraging you to donate money on the night for a great cause. We'll be running a quiz for every team we cover, plus one each for the Bundesliga, Serie A and La Liga. The winners of each quiz will go through to 
into our grand final at the end of March where there's a very nice £1,000 up for grabs and we will match this with a donation to Prostate Cancer UK. The quizzes will be hosted by, well the Leicester City one is by me but all our correspondents are going to be getting involved uh, and you'll be able to team up with anyone in your household to play. Sign up for a free 30-day trial with The Athletic at theathletic.com forward slash PCUK and register to play the quiz. That's theathletic.com forward slash PCUK. So the Leicester City one is on February the 24th at the moment, so you can go and register for that. So uh, we'll talk about football if we can't watch football, but we've got plenty of football to to talk about anyway, um, Matt. Certainly, let's talk about that. The, well, I just mentioned there about Ricardo and Siunchu and all that coming about, although we've got a bit of a worry about Wilf and Nididi. After he went off holding his hamstring last night at Everton, we really could do without losing such an influential player. But besides that, it's looking a lot healthier now. Yeah, it certainly is in, in comparison to the early part of the season, for sure. But it's almost sort of one step forward and half a step back, isn't it? And at the moment, I mean, Dennis Pratt is out for a considerable amount of time. Wilfred and Didi will have to wait and see. I, I'm so glad to hear that. It was a hamstring, but I thought initially when the physios came on and they were testing out the, the movement of the structure of the knee, I, I feared the worst. I thought, surely not. But um, seemingly it's a hamstring, and I, I'm thinking only a hamstring. Obviously, we know with Dennis Pratt that they can be severe, but uh, it didn't seem uh, too too malicious, did it? It didn't too extensive, the, the, the injury, but... Um, we're waiting here properly on that one, but yeah, we'd like to think he can recover pretty quickly. Uh, Vardy's obviously out, but not for too long. And the likes, yeah, the, the, the squad is certainly very soon. It will be looking extremely deep, won't it? You know, Soyuncu coming back in. Uh, it came on against Everton. Johnny Evans took a bit of a bang. I mean, what a replacement. That's got to be one of the, the best replacements <laughs> ever, hasn't it? I mean, oh, yeah. he's, uh, in, you know, in, We've we've had this discussion before. It, at the moment, it's Johnny Evans and one other, and I get that because of his experience, his know-how, his assurance, and everything about him. But what a dynamic pair of centre halves! If you can ever have dynamic centre halves, <laughs> Leicester have got them in Fafana and Soyuncu, haven't they? I mean, I, I don't want to wish Johnny Evans' career away at all because he's been a massive part, but. I really look forward to seeing them two playing together. It could be, could be a bit harem scarum at times, and, and, and exciting. I don't think I've ever said that about a pair of central, central defenders, but they're so impressive, aren't they? You know, they've got between them, experience aside, they have got the lot pretty much, haven't they? And uh, for him to come on, yeah, what a boost! Ricardo as well, Ricardo. It gives another option to Brendan Rodgers, doesn't he, in that wide right position. We talk about Under, we talk about Albrighton, Ricardo can slot in there. It, it looks good, doesn't it? It looks good. Even with numerous changes in the FA Cup against Brentford, OK, they conceded the goal sloppily, set pieces, still an issue. A little bit lapse of concentration with Daniel Marty and Danny Ward prior to that. They, they controlled the game, didn't they? They, you know, they were a class or two above Brentford. I know Brentford had a lot of changes themselves. And then, you know, against Everton as well, whoever comes in, Leicester with a better side. They're the better football inside all round. OK, the result, you know, is, is all important. But you look at their progression and the development and the, the, the building of the squad and it's mightily impressive. And it's all, they're all coming together. Now, just get over this little 
little few injuries, uh, Vardy and Ndidi, fingers crossed, if you get them back, then you really are talking. No, absolutely. I mean, what I love about Siunsu is he's been out for such a long time and he understand, understandably he was a bit um, careful about his return. Um, but then when he comes on against Brentford, he, he did a, a Cruyff turn in the first five minutes on the edge of his own box. I love the fact that Fafana loves to race out of the back four with the ball. Fans love that. It's a shame fans aren't in the ground, as we always say, to witness these uh, live because the roar from the crowd would be amazing when they when they get going. But at the moment, Evans is the main man and uh, it looks like Fofana's just ahead of Siancu at the moment. He's got a bit of work to do to get in. It gives them an option in the back three, which they might employ again in the future. Who knows, it possibly against Leeds this weekend. It gives them an option. So um, And Ricardo as well gives them even more options. This is what you want. If you're going to be a side challenging at the top end of the table, you have to have this because you're going to get injuries, you're going to get suspension, certainly with defenders. You've got to have that strength to come in and replace players. And uh, Leicester is slowly getting there in terms of their squad with that strength in depth now. Without a doubt. I mean, you look at it and it's even getting recognised from afar, isn't it? I've heard numerous people uh, from different quarters, you know, saying that they look at it and they think Leicester have got the most balanced or complete team, if not squad, maybe at the moment. And uh, yeah, but there's quality packed throughout, isn't it? And even again, referring back to the weekend at Brentford, multiple changes. I think I'm right in saying there was ten internationals. So you know, that's the level that Leicester are at, and and not just any old internationals. <laughs> They're regular first picks for the country. Um, quality from 1 to 11 in, in old day terms. Uh, you know, Casper, uh, what a platform to start from. All across the back line, whichever four he picks out of the six top class performers. Um, and, and again, just oozing. Tillemans is playing not out of his skin because he's always had that quality, but he's. He's reached another level, hasn't he? You know, he's taken over responsibility in the middle of that part, strutting his stuff in, in a you know in a professional manner. He knows he's a quality performer. He's got himself peak level of fitness. His passing is a delight. Um, he's getting involved in, in the goal scoring, and you know with his compadre and Didi when he's fit alongside him, they're, they're you know they're, they're almost like the perfect blend, aren't they, for a midfield engine room. And and then obviously you got the boys up front. You know, I I, I think Leicester supporters will probably feel that going forward, if they're going to sustain this sort of level of competition uh, in terms of you know top end of the Premier League and going deep into European competitions, then perhaps it does need a little bit of bolstering one way or another. But um, mm. yeah, and I think even Brendan's mentioned about reinforcements of an attacking midfielder, and I'm sure. Like you say, Leicester's not immune to the constraints of, of the current situation, are they? But uh, all in good time, all in good time. They're in capable hands with the manager, aren't they? Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. 
Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. A bit of bad news off the pitch, though, um, recently, Matt. Um, somebody that yep. you would have known quite well, Sheila Kent, who was the uh, laundry lady at Leicester City for 42 years, sadly passed away. There's been some lovely tributes paid to her by Brendan and Alan Birch and all. Uh, and a lot of amusement as well. Um, lot of happy memories of Sheila being around the, the club. Some, fun, some funny stories about what the, what the lads used to get up to and all sorts. So um, I just <laughs> wondered... As a little tribute to Sheila, your memories of her and, and Dilly. Yeah, such sad news. Um, I knew that, unfortunately, Sheila had been ill for for quite a while. Chris Tucker, who's part of the um, under-23s development youth coaching sister, has been for many and many years, was very close with with Sheila and Dilly, uh, a psychic, <laughs> who I'll mention in a minute, but Chris Tucker, yeah, he informed me. And let me know the terrible news. So it was, uh, unfortunately, knew it was coming. She was a lovely lady. And it, as you can tell by all the tributes, she was hugely popular uh, with players and staff members and people from all different eras throughout Leicester's history, as you say. It was 42 years, unbelievable. I didn't realise it was quite that long. But, yeah, always very welcoming, accommodating, good fun. She had a, like a dry sense of humour. Uh, she would crack a smile occasionally. Her and her, her counterpart, Dilly, you always could go into the, into the laundry area. Anything you wanted, they, they were willing to oblige. And you could have a chat and a giggle, but they were proper down to earth. They didn't treat any players like they were anything special. You were just part of the team. If you got above your station, uh, they were quite quick to let you know, actually. But <laughs> you know, even then, it was in a friendly way. I, I always used to... Like, I, I was quite not fussy. With, but she, she would, when I first signed, you had your roll of kit in your pigeonhole, and quite often I'd end up with a medium shorts. And I was with my backside, I needed an XL <laughs> at least. So I'm like, Sheila, Sheila, I can't be wearing mediums. Could, could you try and possibly arrange that I've got XL? And she sometimes she would like. I'd pick my kit up and I'd still have a medium, and she'd be in horrors because she. They're very, very meticulous laundry ladies. And Macca, the kit man, you know, trying to get everything right. So she would swap them with someone else and go digging through and fish me out a pair of XLs, even if it meant Martin and Neil had to walk around in mediums, etc., or something. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it always did me a few favours. Um, and it, it was always good fun going, going to see her and having a little giggle. Her and Dilly. Dilly was actually babysitter for me and Jerry Taggart a few years ago, still in touch with her. Every Christmas and New Year, she sends a text and mentions Sheila, and they were good friends. And yeah, it's such a shame. You know, it's affected a lot of people. What, what can you say? So sad. Yeah, I, I heard a rumour that she had a bell on her trolley when she used to come and collect all the dirty <laughs> kit. Can you remember the bell ringing? Do you know what? I wouldn't have thought of that until you reminded me. You, you said about that, yeah. And coming in, ringing the bell on the trolley to make sure the lads in the changing rooms were decent. Um, so, of course, what do the boys do? She comes rolling in thinking you know, everyone's going to have a towel wrapped around it. Everyone whips them off and they start <laughs> naked and uh, 
I'm sure she did it on purpose just to get a quick peep, didn't she? <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. Thanks, Matt, for uh, for those memories of of Sheila and uh, thank you very much for your contribution again this week another edition of 5000 to 1 we'll be back again next week the games are coming thick and fast there's so much to talk about we'll probably be reflecting on the transfer window they're trying to get in a, an attacking midfielder before the deadline it doesn't look great that they're going to get one in but we'll reflect on that in the next edition of 5001 so thank you very much Matt pleasure mate speak soon take care and thank you to all your listeners join us again next time The Athletic